サードコーストベースラジオラディオスサヘルサリスベース第三海岸第一收音機リーチラジオバスギターレバシシルバスラディオカテオ
Yo, so I am sitting on the line right now with Dimitri, a.k.a. Lord Iris, and I have to say, yeah. that fucking mix was badass. Um, so if you don't mind, yeah. let's go ahead and just get right into it. Introduce yourself, say hello to the people. Let's, uh, let's get a little bit of background information from you. Who is Dimitri? Who is Lord Iris? Yo! What is up, guys? This is Lord Iris here. Um, you know, throwing in all original mix. Freaking everything was original. I can't even. I that's that's all I can start with, man. Like, I mean, it was just. I I've been making music for over twelve years, twelve plus years. That's when I got serious. Got a laptop, making music, you know, and experiencing going, show, seeing people that I that are my main inspiration, like Kipper. Obviously, like that—that that gave me the—that gave me the most inspiration. Honestly, like it was crazy. So, <laughs> like, it was like I can't even explain it. Like I, I was listening to regular radio music one time, and then my my homie was just like, "Hey, dude, I got some, I got some LSD for you." And I was like, "Uh, okay, cool. Um, I've never done this before." So he was like, "Yeah, dude, it's it's it's, it's super cool. I know you're gonna like it." And I was like, "All right, whatever." So he was like, you got, you got speakers, we got a generator, we got all this shit. So we take it out camping, dude. And then I'm just like, all right, all right, this is what's up. Like, I like music, cool. You know, I'm going to be really comfortable out here, whatever. And then he's all putting on like Callie and Stella, freaking Tipper, all this crazy shit, dude. And I'm just like brand new. I'm like a virgin to this. And I'm just like, holy shit, what the hell is all this? What the hell, what the hell is all this music, dude? Like, you know, and then. So I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can make something. I can, I can make something like this, you know. And then as, as the years gone by, as the people I've seen, my inspiration has gone up more and more. My realization with like hanging out with friends and you know just having a good, a good like background to be on first, like a good home, you know, like that's what really makes a good mix, I guess, like a good foundation. I mean, everyone. You have to get to, like, a point to where you don't go to a show to freaking get messed up, bro. Like, that's what that's what bothers me the most. Like, a lot of people have to go out and get messed up, but it's not even like that. Like, people are coming here to show their whole mix. Like, I know people that put on, like, they're not even original mu music, but they put on, like, three hours worth of work uh, into a mix, thinking, you know, like, okay, this is what I like, you know? And that's what, that's what everyone should which should come to appreciate for not just coming to like, you know, get all messed up. So, you know, uh, I'm glad that I have like, oh, I don't even know what else to say, man. Shit. Like it's, it's great. It's great. Like music, music is amazing. Music is a medicine. Like everyone can go to a show. And as long as you know who's playing, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. So I try putting in my work. I, I try putting into my work, like, as if I were attending someone else's show, you know, I'd be like, okay, so here's something for them to sound. Here's a new sound. Here's something, thing, blah, blah, blah. And everything is, everything that you heard on the mix is all original. Everything, everything is original. So like, nice. I'm, I mean, I could get into detail of making Ableton, but you guys will have to know how to do Ableton. So. Oh no, so, we're, I we're, mean, we're going to dive into your mind. So like, let's just start with the basics. So Lord Iris, where did that moniker come from? Where, what so, inspired that? So what inspired that is, 
that was like year. Oh my god, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been like eight years since my Lord, since I made Lord Iris, and I was just honestly sitting. I was sitting in my room playing Call of Duty. I remember, and uh, I was playing my music because I got. I was super in- interested in like in like tribal, um, tribal sounding music like drums hand drumming you know whatever and i really liked egypt you know so i was like okay something's going on with egypt they're they're pretty smart you know <laughs> and so uh i i liked the 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 gods like anubis and osiris you know there is like lord iris like raw you know and i was like you know i really like that sound of iris you know and honestly it's it's pretty it's a pretty good loophole like everything is like an iris you know every, you can relate everything to an iris you know so Definitely. and you know every, that's just one that's one of my favorite flowers <laughs> <laughs> awesome man so <laughs> you, you said you had 12 years of uh, a musical background experience um what what did you start was it like choir do what what did you start with an instrument like guitar um, I do. Um, so I, um, I first, so I, I got a guitar. Oh my God. I was like seven years old. I got an acoustic guitar and, um, you know, I obviously didn't even know how to play. I didn't even, it was garbage. Like, and then my mom was like, okay, we're going to give you some lessons. And then I was like, okay, cool. So I, I arrive at the lesson going on for about two days the third day he's like okay is there anything you want to hear like that was basic chords you know and i was like i want to play like bullet for my valentine shit i want to play all that i want to and all that remains i want to be all hardcore i want you to teach me how to play that and he was like okay well i cannot teach you how to play that so uh yeah so i was like okay mom i'm not even trying to have any more lessons from him i'm gonna go learn on myself so that's pretty much what I did. I like left. I got my a guitar. I like sold hella tamales one time. I got drums, and um, I knew some people that had a guitar and a bass in Elko, and we formed a band. And uh, it was dude, it was so dope. Like, like we would go. We we did a death metal band. Well, not death metal. It was like metalcore. Like, but like <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it was great. It was great music. And then. Uh, we would go, you know, go to go to school, and then right after school, go to freaking band practice, practice for eight hours, go to school, come back. It was like it was awesome. I was like, oh my god, is this how it is to be fucking to be doing this shit? And I remember uh, I I helped. There was five. There was a five record um, or a five song list or a forty five minute um, slot over at the Knitting Factory in Reno, Nevada. So I was like, dude, let's do it. So. We send him, you know, our information. He's like, all right, you got the show. And I was like, holy shit, cool. So what was cool is that I made, like, four out of the five songs we made. I made it all, like, guitar, bass, drums, vocals, and the way to sing it, I, like, taught my whole, like, my whole, uh, my whole band. Like, there was, they obviously knew a little bit of um, guitar, you know? Two of them were, were good guitarists. And I was a drummer, actually. <laughs> so I was the drummer for the band. So I was guitar, started off with guitar, went to the drums, and then taught everybody how to play fucking everything on the drums and the guitar and the vocals, and then made a fucking, an hour set, played it at the Knitting Factory, and I remember people were like, dude, well, you need to come fucking on tour with us, bro. 
And that was Citadel. I remember the band was Citadel. They go by Shorelines now. And um, they were like, oh, all right, dude, like, you should come on the tour with us. We're going to go fucking all over the fucking county. And I was 17 years old. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I got to I gotta walk, dude. I got to do high school first, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I thought about it. I was like, dude, I got to, I can't just dip. I got to, I got to take, like, responsibility or something. So I was like, nah, fuck that. So then my band went to Reno without me and the guitarist, Shane, Shane Davis, I love you. And uh, he was like, uh, they were like, okay, dude, we're gonna go to fucking Reno without you. And I was like, well, that's cool, because I fucking, I mostly wrote everything, you know, like, go go try, you know? And then they are like, okay, whatever. And then it didn't really work for three months. They went out, and it died in three months. It was called All in Rest, and there's still a YouTube video up. <laughs> and then, uh, called the top, top 2018 or 2016 top jet metalcore bands. And mine is at the last one. Everyone's like, oh, dude, what's that last band? And I'm like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> but, yeah, um, started, off, started off with just a guitar. I started off with just guitar. I didn't go any choir. I didn't do, I didn't do none of that. I did guitar one time in high school. And uh, I remember, it, yeah, it was, just, it was just whack. I just, I passed guitar, obviously, but it was just weird. I didn't like that class. So where, at what point did you say, all right, I'm going to put the guitar down? You said, you know, you were doing LSD with your friend, but like what, what transitioned from you being a instrumental um, musician into the electronic DAW? So the electronic DAW, oh... Cause okay, so when I was in the band, I was like using Ableton to record everything. So I like I multi-tracking, was, like, having a basic. Yeah, I was using. I was like the studio for it. We would record the songs at my house, and I would like fuck with, mess with the sounds, you know. And then as they left, I would like kind of mess with it myself and kind of be like, well, if I had a piano, then I could do this. And I had like all of raw, like all raw instrumentals and stuff of guitar and drums. And then I kind of just like, you know, obviously ex- experimented because after they you after they leave, you know, you're still fine. And then like, uh, and then you so, you know, I just from there I like kind of created my own sound, and I kind of kind of like, I don't know, like, so I don't know. Honestly, I I became a high I became a sushi chef after I graduated high school, and then right after that I became super into electronic music. So. From there, I kind of, like, branched out for listening from my friends, going out camping and taking out to taking LSD and um, experiencing that kind of electronic music. And then I'm like, well, I have everything that I can make that with. So I kind of, like, from there, I was just like, okay, I'm going into electronic scene. And that was about 2000, 2016, 2016, when I took it serious. Mm. Yeah. That's very yeah, yeah. interesting. So, all right, now let's let's dive into the mind of a producer. So you open up your favorite DAW of choice, which I'm assuming is Ableton, or no? Yes, sir. Okay, so you have a blank Ableton file open. Is it a template, like you have your own saved preferences, or is it just straight default? Nah. What do you What do you do? It's default. 
<laughs> All right. So what happens when it's in straight blank canvas mode? What what what's your first Damn, thing? Son. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, first, okay. So I I pick a pick a BPM. I really enjoy. Okay. BPMs are great. I really enjoy 70. 70 is very fun. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll start with 70. So what I usually do is I grab a drum rack and then um, from there I start from kicks and I have samples. You know, obviously everybody has samples, hopefully. If not, then I, I, I kind of just use the kick, the kick, um, the default kick drum kits on Ableton. So from there I can like tweak it. Each hi-hat, each snare, I could like change the, uh, the pitch and everything. And that's where I would start with is a good foundation with a drum kit. Then do I just keep going on until like I finish the song or? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's like I said, let's no, dive, my let's, let's dive right. deep into like you know that's what we do here. We want to see the producers want to hear this. Like what? Wow. You know, okay. This, this yeah. Is what they okay. want to hear. So um yeah so I usually have I have a sixty four key keyboard. It's a code sixty one and I have two Novation launch pads. So okay. Um two sixty four button launch pads and from there I. I just start with a brand a a normal drum kick. So I add you know the drum pattern, and then I add it to one button of the Novation Launchpad, and I keep and I keep that going. Right. So if I have that, so I have that beat going, and then immediately I just go to Ableton and I get the hip hop sub bass. Then I would drag that over, and then I would have my big old keyboard, whatever. I know it's I don't need I don't need all those notes for bass, but at the bottom of it, they have it has like a really good knob that you change the pitch of it. So um, I just put a little bit of a distortion on it. I put an amp on the hip hop bass, and um, I put it to clean. And I put um, I put it through a limiter so that it doesn't like red, whatever. Yeah. So I turn it up super loud, and then from there that's a good bass. And then uh, I kind of like play with the, the the notes. I kind of I kind of be at the black the black notes. That's what I like. Um, D sharp. To C sharp, I really like that, and I mess with the pitch. So I make a really good beat out of that, out of just bass and and out of a kick. And then after that, I start bringing in a guitar. A guitar is my favorite, so I, I have there's multiple different um, uh, there's multiple different presets of guitar on Ableton. You know, I do use Serum too, but that's like the game later. And then, um, <laughs> so I use a, just a, I just use a little bit of guitar, and then um, I add like a delay, a phaser, a flanger, a reverb, and a limiter to it, so that it's all like together. And everyone, yeah, everyone, you can record that to a, to an audio, but when it's it's just it's better to have it all in. A, to me, it's better than to have it all in a MIDI because you have a full effect constantly. Like you can have that loop going for 160 bars and it's still going to be different every time it comes through as long as your phaser and flangers are different. So, um, yeah, so I, I usually do that um, after uh, I make like guitar, you know, super simple guitar. You can just add like three or four notes, whatever. And then from there you have a bass, guitar, and drums. Like that's pretty much all you need in a fucking, in a, in a thing, in a, in a band, you know. <laughs> so that's going... And then after that, uh, I added, I add, I start making my own sound design. So my sound design is, I just super simple, dude. I, I've whatever. And then so uh, you put a hip hop bass on or operator. You can just go a simple operator, and then you can add a, 
multiple different channels of that. I usually just add a sine wave and another sine wave over each other and I layer it and then, so then that's on the operator. And then that's just a normal, like a really hard sine wave. And then uh, after that, I just add an amp, just add one amp and then add like a phaser to a flanger after it. And then add a filter, like a top notch filter. Um, and and then you grab the frequency and then you just fuck with it. <laughs> and you kind of just like whipping it around like, <laughs> and then you, I, I map that around to a, uh, I would map that around to a keyboard and I have just like a knob and I'm just like fucking with it, like whatever. So, um, as the bass is going, um, I'm, I'm, I usually do this under the influence. So I know it sounds kind of weird, but, um, when it, when it's going, you, uh, do the, uh, the design and you just fuck with it. Like, you, I mean, the, the bass and the drums are going and you just find it. It's kind of like finding a vocals, like the weird, like is like, mixing with your tongue you know so mm-hmm. after I make something like that I add like ping pong delay and everything to it and then after that it's a really 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 good structure of the song and then from there I add another drum drum kit I keep those four layers going and then I put another drum kit on and then I make like a completely different pattern from the same drum kit and then I uh, you know from there kind of keep the beat going so from that if that I color all that so I put all that in one group. After that, I name it, you know, like song one, and then I would I would uh, change the color to blue, whatever. And then uh, I have two Novation launch pads, so one launch pad going, and then on the next one is my next one. So um, if I'm making another song, I would be I would put a brand new drum rack again, make a brand new beat, a different pattern, but a different drum rack. And then I would mix it in together. So one is going with the kick and the other one can, on the other side, can be going with the hi-hat. can just be going with hats. So then that's a really good way to mix it in. And then you can just like bring both of the drum kits off and then put them, and then put them, put one back on for like a little drop, you know, whatever. So I usually, on, I have this, sorry. <laughs> no, dude, so, not at all. Don't <laughs> apologize for shit. <laughs> So, okay, so you have one launch pad going, and then the next launch pad is about to go, and then I have all those designs and all that song going, and then I make it the exact, like the same exact idea, I do it on the other side. So I stay in the same key, and of the guitar, I can like change the guitar to like a marimba, and I can change, you know, change a little bit of the, of the melody, as long as it's in the same key, and then... Um, add different effects, add a little bit more reverb, add more phaser, and then um, serum. Yeah, I, I like using serum for uh, my bass and my uh, sound designing. Like, um, I don't know, On I've noticed that any kind of preset on serum, I like to fuck it up with a filter. So I just put a top-notch filter on it, and you can even just put it like, sort of like, like the range of it, you can keep it super low so that you're just fucking with the base of it. And once once you have another, I mean, once you have another sound design, it gets crazy after that. You can like even take off all the melodies and then you could just fuck with the sound design, you know? So from there, I kind of just, I kind of just sit in my room and I dedicate at least three to four hours a day to make my songs and to create, you know, a vibe and a, 
and a flow of music, you know? So, I mean, me, it doesn't do any justice of me telling you, like, what I do over the phone. I wish I wish there was, like, a video that I could show you everything. No, this is what you know? makes it so fucking awesome, though. Like, just the concept. Yeah, you're right, The concept of imagination, because simply you doing this right now with me, like... I think this is probably the most in-depth, uh, like, music producer has actually gotten, like, with... And you were very, like... It was super vague at the same time, but, like, you... Uh, like, yeah. Producers are like, fuck, he said something about doing this with the kick drum, and then, like, they're writing this shit down, and that's that's what I love. Like, that shit right there, so... Thank you so much. Fuck yeah, man. So, like, all right. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you could go back. Yeah, because, I mean. <laughs> go ahead. I mean, from there, like, I'm saying, like, those those templates, those that main drum beat, like, that one drum beat, like, I can, we can make it from anything, you know? And yeah. from there, that's how you got to view it. <laughs> Crazy. Fucking, fucking awesome, man. No, super awesome. So, um, well, producers, uh, I always like to ask every person on my show this like you said ableton is your go-to baby do you think the uh the daw makes the producer or vice versa what's your opinion on that um so i don't think so because i've heard toadface is on fl studio you know and mindex is on logic and everything you know like everyone has to understand a producer has to understand that it doesn't matter what it's kind of like what car you'd rather drive like a ferrari or would you rather drive an Aston martin you know what i mean and for me i I would pick ableton you know and you can get the same exact sounds from everything because you know they have digital audio workstations you know great like and or they have um virtual instruments as well sorry that's what i meant and um you know, they can get any sound from that, but I I really think that the music, the the producer makes the music, you know, and they have to understand that they don't have to have a a, DA, a certain DAW to be good. Because I, I mean, I started on Mixcraft and I started on FL Studio before I even did Ableton. So I learned a little bit of a base of what I was doing. Hmm. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. If you could go back five, ten years, give yourself some advice, or even if you had like a protege, up and coming producer, um, if you could give them or yourself one snippet of advice, what would you give them? Oh my goodness. Um, okay, the answer is love and do what you love. It doesn't matter who's next to you or it doesn't matter who is like with you, you know, it only matters with you. So the only way to be who you want to be is to display it every time you have the chance or the best opportunity to. From there, if you like, if you are portraying music or any other art industry form, from there, you can, it'll come to you naturally as if it was supposed to. So just keep doing what you're doing. And as long as you're expressing that love energy, everything is going to be okay, you know? So that's the main thing of the producers. Like, it doesn't matter 
how many people are going to be at the show it doesn't matter like as long as you're there expressing your time and effort into the music that you're going to you know, give out then do it definitely man fucking definitely definitely so um definitely. do you have a particular preference when it comes to hardware versus software are you all straight up in the DAW? Like, what? what is your... Um, okay, so, um, honestly, I'm really an appreciating analog synths. Um, my friend, Double T, um, he, he's, his name's Matthew, and uh, he uses an analog synth, a synth, he uses a MOOC, and, you know, that's, that's really great because you can, I mean... You can get raw, raw, raw sound out of a out of a Moog or out of one of those synthesizers. You know, like you only go get a certain way on on a digital. So I mean, I really appreciate I really appreciate it whenever um, I can use you know an analog synth for that. So I would recommend an analog synth for people that are deep into the experimental like um, filtering and distortion and all that stuff. Yeah. Nice. So you've mentioned quite a few producers already, um, some that influence you, some that you're very close to. Um, if you could recommend a couple of producers to hop on Third Coast Space Radio that we could reach out to, um, what producers would you recommend? Okay, so, I mean, I'm sure everyone has heard them. But Hullabaloo is amazing. Love you, Hullabaloo. There, he's a really good producer. I've known him. He, uh, I've known him for a while. Um, so uh, he would be one. Um, Pathway. I really like Pathway because he um, he takes more into like what not like what exactly matters, but for example, like when the Amazon forest was going. You know, I mean, that can be a big debate about that, but. He was putting his contributions towards that, you know, and I really appreciated that about him. Um, Pathway is also a really good artist, and he, like, makes all his artwork, and the music is, is almost like healing, like what he plays. Um, my third one would be Double, uh, Double T over here in Boise, Idaho. Um, he is, oh my gosh, I've only known him for a year, and he just turned 21 this year. But that guy, dude, that kid, he's he is good. He is he is like he is uh, upcoming for sure. He has he has a Rorschach collab, whatever. So Double T is definitely someone that to watch out for. I'm sure he's gonna make it. Um, also, so that's three. Four, I would do Angelic Root. Angelic Root is really cool, man. He's a super such a dope person. I went we went to One Vibe this year, One Vibration, and that was the biggest Henny system. Ever and, and ever, I, and I get to I got to experience it. It was so awesome. Um, but I remember meeting his name's Cody, and uh, I remember meeting Cody uh, after, right after his set, and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck? Like that was some sick shit, and that sounded dope out here." And he was like, "Yeah, but you guys didn't turn it on all the way." And I was like, "What? They didn't fucking turn this shit up all the way?" Dude? And he was like, "No, dude." And I was like, "Oh, fuck! What? That would have been so dope if it was just like..." Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, and then later on that night, you know, it was getting all crazy and shit, and then 
I see him walking because I see his dreadlocks. You know, everyone's seen his dreadlocks. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And then he's like, what's up, dude? He's all fucking cold. I'm like, oh, bro, come on, dude. Let's go get you warm, dog. And we all go to the campsite, <laughs> chill in, you know, and then warm him up, give him some weed. And then kind of, kind of just said goodbye after that. But I've seen him, like, hit, uh, I've seen him with Kiva and all that. Kiva's fucking dope, by yeah. the way. That's she, my fifth one. She's fucking awesome. She's Kiva, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone's heard Kiva. But I went to fucking Shambhala. This is my first year here at Shambhala. And I went over and I saw her set, dude, over at the amphitheater. And that shit fucking knocked me on my socks, dog. Like, I was three tabs in. And I was, like, just chilling right next to the PKs, man. They had PK. PK all day, and <laughs> that shit was just so loud, like, and I really, I really enjoy her mixing, I really like her energy that she puts out in a fucking set, dude, like, those two, great, so yeah, those are my five, let's see, number one, Hello Blue, two, Pathway, three, Double T, four, Angelic Root, and five, Kiva. <laughs> Fucking awesome, man. Super awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. Yo, so if um, producers out there, um, if they want to look you up on social media and or SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever the, you know, void puts you in immortality with music, <sighs> where where can they find you at? Uh, okay, so everything's at Lord Iris, L-O-R-D-E-I-R-I-S. You can say it however you want. Like, honestly, it's cool. It's Lorderous. I really like Lorderous. That's a dope one. But it was originally Lord Iris, you know? So, um, Lord Iris, everything. Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Um, SoundCloud is my most, is the one that I use the most because I'm right now I'm just doing mixes. I have, like, most of my albums on uh, SoundCloud and Band or Spotify. They're already on there. It's super down-tempo, by the way. Super chill. But I, as I'm like playing more, getting more out here, I'm making mixes onto my SoundCloud. So you can like experience a whole like 45 minutes of original music on there, you know? So for sure, it's definitely a really good experience. I would recommend it. <laughs> Fucking dope, man. Yo, Dimitri, well, I really appreciate you for taking the time to coming on Third Coast Space yeah. Radio. Really appreciate it, man. I know, like, fucking Thanksgiving's coming up and, like, everyone's busy and you're probably in the studio trying to cook all the hot ones before <laughs> shit gets hectic because Christmas is coming up. Sure. You, you know how it goes, man. <laughs> For sure. I feel that. I feel that. You gotta live, you know, living off. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. We really appreciate it, man. So I'll let you get to it. Uh, if there's any last words of wisdom you want to say to the producers out there listening, now's your chance, buddy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, fucking do what you want. God damn it, I don't even know. <laughs> fucking do what, your, do what your fucking heart bleeds, man. That's it. That's it. That's, That's what I would tell my kids. That's the tweet. That's the fucking tweet, y'all.
it on down.
mix was absolutely asinine uh we got leon aka drink in the building say hi to the listeners everyone what's up hi good to be here (laughs) yo man thank you so much for being on third coast base radio just want to say um we're really excited to have you um we're really breaking into more international artists and i know you're in uh you said you're in germany right now right Uh, um yeah yeah thanks for having me first of all um it's a pleasure um I'm in Leipzig at the moment. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's other, awesome. other side of the world, basically. That's super awesome. So uh, I guess let's uh, just go ahead and introduce you. Um, what's your story? Who's Leon? Who is Drink? Uh, what's your background, man? Yeah, uh, like you said, my name is Leon. I make music, like generally bass music under the Monica Drank. Um, I also make my own instruments at the moment. It's a big inspirational part for me. Um, yeah, I was born in Berlin originally, well, only lived there for two years and then um, moved towards Bremen, which is like the next town over to Hamburg, in northern Germany. So I kind of feel like I'm from northern Germany. And yeah, now I'm in Leipzig, um, involved in doing stuff here, um, pretty much working with people online because, yeah, it's uh, interesting stuff going on worldwide. Um, so yeah, and that's it. Basically, Drang is where it came together. I've, I've been making music for quite some time under like different names and ten, tended towards like starting new names and new monikers with every like idea that I had, um, which like basically, yeah, scattered things a lot. And um, so Drang is like the first long term thing where I, I get things together and kind of like develop one musical goal, basically. Right. Um, so do you have like a, like an actual, like musical background? Did you go to like a music school? Are you self-taught? Um, what, what inspired you to actually begin that like path of creating sound out of, you know, out of air? Um, yeah, I, I'm not like, uh, really like taught musician, self-taught musician, basically. Um, my dad was always making music, so I kind of grew up around that whole like realm of recording stuff yourself um guess that kind of like got me interested in this early on um then yeah typical story of people doing like experimental bass music at the moment uh gravitated towards uh like hardcore and metal music when Mm -hmm. i was like a teenager um first time i heard electronic music was i think 99 pretty young then I was like old recordings of like jungle um, sets from UK parties, basically. They're like six cassette tapes in like a box, like a VHS tape size box. And that was like the first connection to electronic sound. And yeah, like I said, then played in bands a lot um, for quite some time. And 2006, seven ish, kind of got to know dubsteps through like some 
people in Bremen who've been started like doing events and that was kind of inspiring because it kind of reminded me of like the sound of the old like drum and bass and jungle thing um and then yeah started getting involved basically and started hanging out with these people and um also got interested in like more like hard like experimental music like breakcore and stuff like that nice and um so pretty much what I feel like I'm doing now is bringing all these like aspects together. Like also there's a lot of like a good amount of hip hop in there, obviously, which also like, I think that was the constant throughout like my entire, like growing up, like that was the one thing that I always listened to, like no matter what, what I was making or like, yeah, currently interested in. Um, so that's how it got together basically. And, uh, now I'm here. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, no, dude, that's awesome. It's really like, it's amazing just like hearing everyone's different backgrounds. And it's funny because I always feel like it's like the same story. Like we all kind of started in like the metal kind of hard rock, psy rock. And then like, it was just that one show that kind of just fucked us up and we're like, yo, electronic music, what is this? And then you always end up bringing all those inspirations into the music that you make. And it's, it's super cool, man. Agreed. Yeah. So um, you say, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, no, just saying like, it's, I think it's um, about heavy music. That's basically yeah. the, the one thing that brings it together. And that's why everybody seems to have this kind of like background. I mean, it's either like people are really straight into hip hop or people come from that, um, yeah, guitar music, I, I, I'd call it, um, background, because I think it's heavy music. And like sometimes people who listen to more like in Germany, like the main electronic sound is 4 4. It's pretty much techno in a house. Yeah. Throughout, definitely. Like everywhere. Um, so people sometimes are really like surprised and confused by like heavy, like non 4 4 dance music, basically. And I think if people would just approach it like a punk band, they wouldn't be confused by it. That it would make sense, but because it's electronic, it's so different. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I guess that this like starting point of like heavy music brings together a lot of different people and mindsets, and that's really interesting and good. Definitely. So, who would you say is like like the main producer or like main like element that kind of like influenced your sound? I know you said you had like a lot of like jungle influences, but um, like your soundscape now, who would you say mostly influences that? I see that uh, you release on Saturate and stuff like that. And I know they have a ton of artists, uh, but I don't know if that's necessarily what brought you here now, or is that, you know, kind of what you're leaning towards more so? Um, yeah, I would say like, I mean, the Saturate sound, I'd call it, is definitely an influence for me. Like this is the reason I kind of got involved with Saturate was because um, I first did like video stuff for them. Um, nice. For like the Rasat uh, Saturation release. That's how I got in touch with BIOS, which is running like the label. And yeah. then I started working with them on a music um, context. But of course, I've been like aware of the label and listened to the label beforehand and stuff like for quite a bit. Um, so that's an influence. Like recently, I'm really doing like a lot of like funky bits and like <laughs> like a yeah. G-funk vibe going on. Like there's still releases to come. Like one in the mix, which is not um, it's an unreleased track, uh, is like definitely reflecting this. Um, and that sound, for instance, like um, is influenced obviously by like the old school classics, like Timberland and stuff. But um, Boats, for instance, like who's released on Saturate like years ago. Um, he's like really doing that like funky G-funk um, 
vibe with like bass music. So yeah. I, I'd say he's definitely somehow an influence to me at the moment. But yeah, it's a lot of different stuff. Obviously, like the people that I work with are like a big influence um, because yeah, it's just interesting to send ideas back and forth. Um, gotta be honest, like I don't listen to that much music at the moment because <laughs> like I spend basically every waking minute either like making music, thinking about making music, or doing any like something else that's related to that process. Um, so I don't really have the time. Uh, I only listen to like stuff that my friends put out and like the occasional thing I stumble upon. And right. then I also listen to like stuff that's not really related to like bass music or like, electronic stuff in between. Um, maybe just to get like a different headspace. Uh, no, but, um, yeah, big influence. I mean, obviously like the, the acts that everybody likes at the moment. Um, but yeah, initially like the sound was definitely um, influenced by like that whole surrounding of like Saturate and these labels. Um, yeah. Nice. So you said you had like um, a bunch of different aliases um, before Drank. Um, what uh, brought you to deciding on that moniker? And like, does it have any sentimental value or is it just something that you came up with? No, yeah, to be honest, it's just a name. It's pretty much like, I mean, it's not a reference to codeine. <laughs> um, it's more like um, just me and my friends used to say like drank instead of drink for some reason, just slang. I don't yeah. know, even in, like, when we talk German, we said, like, because there's a lot of, like, English words people use, like, slang words in, in German, and it turned into drank, and <laughs> because, like, yeah, I wanted to just basically, when people ask me, what kind of music do you do, I just said party music, because everything else is maybe a bit too detailed, and if you're not already into the whole sound, you won't yeah. know anyway, so I just said party music, and I thought drank yeah that kind of kind of makes sense good name nobody's using it from what i'm aware of um so i kind of yeah just decided to go for that it's not like super deep or anything but to be honest like my music isn't either it's not like i'm not writing like super intellectual stuff there it's just stuff that i feel and kind of like music that um yeah i want to hear on, on like events and parties <laughs> yeah much. like Whatever makes you happy, man, for sure. Um, so let's like dive into the process. Let's like dive a little deeper into your producer mindset. Um, so when you're, let's say you open up the DAW, I don't know which DAW you use specifically. I want to say Ableton because literally every producer on here says that, but I could be wrong. Prove me wrong if not. Um, yeah, I'm using Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Sweet. Okay. So when you open up Reaper, um, what's the first thing you do? Like, do you have a template or like, how, how do you start your production um, process? Yeah, no, I don't have a template basically. I, I always want to do that, but then again, like my studio as well, it's constantly changing. It, it's never finished, isn't it? Like everybody, nobody has like this setup that is fixed that way. Uh, yeah, when I open it up, it's just an empty project. Um, yeah. And yeah, the reason I like to use Reaper as well, um, I mean, you could obviously do it in Ableton too, but um, Reaper's really, I think they started the software to record bands and so it's just like a recording thing. And I just usually lay down some kind of like groove of some kind and then go to my synths mm -hmm. and start recording stuff in because like in my music, everything you hear apart from the bass drum, usually that's like sampled um the rest mostly consists of like hardware that i record um and then yeah just cut around and like start coming up with like good loops and 
yeah, it turns into some kind of an arrangement pretty quickly, usually. Um, and then either, like, it depends on how good the run is of the day. Sometimes I, like, sketch up something, like, really specific and, like, almost an entire track in, like, the first half an hour, hour, and then basically get lost in details and do that for the next three days <laughs> and then take some time off and finish it, like, later. But, um, yeah, it's usually, like, recording stuff in because, I don't know, I was never really good in, like, sound design on the computer. Like, VSTs don't really inspire me that much. Um, I don't know, some people are really crazy and really good in it. Um, and I totally, like, res like a lot of respect towards that because it's such a, you can basically do whatever. It's, like, a limitless thing. And what I like about like synths and specifically like um, apart from the stuff that I made myself, it's like old synths that I use, um, and they're usually really simple. Um, so that limit limitation is something that I really need in my process because when I was like still making music only on the computer, it was fiddly somehow. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it depends. But I don't really have a recipe of how I approach making a track. It just depends. Sometimes. I walk around and I have this idea of a melody or something or like a beat in my head and like I try to get to the studio as quick as possible and sketch sketch that. But that's more or less the rare case. Like usually um, I just sit down with the idea of like, okay, cool, uh, got time to make stuff. And um, yeah, fuck around and see what comes up. Nice. Yeah, man, I've been, I've been kind of leaning more towards the, the hardware aspect um, what would you say is your favorite piece of hardware in your studio? Um, it's it's got to be my uh, Micromog, to be honest, because um, that's the my go-to synth. That's the one that I use for most bass lines and leads and also make snares and hi-hats and stuff like that on. Um, so that's basically my bread and butter synth like, that I definitely use in every track. And then... Yeah, the stuff that I made myself is, it's, I think, comparable to that because it's something that I spend time with when I don't do music. Like, actually, I learned making electronics and designing circuits over the past one and a half years or something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it's kind of, kind of like my hobby next to music. <laughs> and um, it feels really like a personal thing. Like I got stuff that I actually record in and use in my tracks that um, I actually made myself and it feels like I really know it inside and out because all the functions that I'm using is something that I, yeah, put my mind into. Um, <clears throat> but that's, yeah, that's all modular stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically my favorite. And then I have a JX3P Roland um, that I use for the chords and pads and all that. Nice. And creation of baselines. And yeah, just finished an FM modular thing. So that's going to be more of that of that in the future <laughs> yo dude i'm like looking at like so like i have I, i'm all about like keyboard synth so i have like a sub 37 a korg and stuff um and i'm kind of leaning more towards like uh just complete hardware sampling so i got i just got an sp404 i want to just use right. the DAW for like multi-tracking so it's it's a little it's it's definitely fun like limiting yourself because I when I first started producing myself I would do the same thing I'm like downloading every VST every sample pack everything and then you're just yes. you're, you're looking at it and you're like shit I don't even know what I'm doing with most of this and it, it kind of just you know you get overwhelmed but limiting yourself to hardware definitely 
Um, it, it, yeah, because you really have to learn it. You can't really buy a new synth every week, so you kind of have to like, yeah. <laughs> really dive into and learn synthesis. And also, like, I mean, it's easy to decide which sound is the best out of three, but out of like an infinite number, like, how are you going to know? Like, you can do better. That yeah. somehow, like, this like decision process um, is something that I tend to get lost in on the computer. And I, yeah, like like you said, I only record in basically as a multi-tracker, then use a bit of EQ and like sidechain compression basically. And the yeah. rest is just out of the box because yeah, it just feels like an easy way to like just get to results, especially. And also like the synths that I have, I mean, I didn't Google it and then was like, okay, I need this specific synth to do what I want to do, but rather like got them like over time from eBay, like the mode that I had, I, I got through like exchanging others and I had before that I didn't like that much on, yeah. on eBay, eBay and um, getting that synth really got me into that whole funky thing because it's like, it's just lends itself to like doing yeah. like super cool, um, like P funk baselines and other like the G funk, like gangster wine whistle, Dr. Dre sound and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that really, the synth inspired me to make that kind of music and became really important. I really started digging into that and it's like, yeah, it's gaining attitude on that sound and like also getting in touch with like the melody bits that I use. Now, like right now, I feel like most of what I do is writing melodies. Um, when I first started getting into this kind of like bass music, I always wanted to do some like a really heavy drop kind of stuff. And um, yeah, was thinking a lot about sound aesthetic and sound design and stuff. And right now, I mean, I use the cheapest sounds ever that just like I, I hardly spent much time dialing around like twisting knobs to get like this super intricate um, next level sound but just rather be like all right that's okay enough sound and I start like doing melodies and that is kind of became my main focus um, and it's easy to sound heavy without having heavy sounds if the groove's right is much yeah. more important uh, I feel than like having a super crazy neuro sound I mean that's really cool if you can do it um I'm not the best in that, I guess. Um, so I had to find other ways to uh, right. <laughs> do stuff uh, um, with a big subwoofer. Yeah, man, I'll take that. I know you said you were talking about modular, and I'm just like, shit, there's no way. It's way too fucking expensive. I think I bought... Yeah, that's why I started making it myself, because I don't have the... like. I mean, I, I don't do much except of music, so I have to really have a limited budget. Um, yeah. And that's why I started making it. I mean, it's not like entirely cheap it's not for free of course but if i would have bought all the stuff that i have right now in eurorack it would have been like 10 15 times as expensive like and no way i, I mean i couldn't have done it right oh so, yeah so if you could go back and give yourself advice from like 10 years ago or like if you could give an, an inspiring producer some advice now what 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 kind of advice would you give yourself for them? Um, yes, a couple of things. Like one that I just basically just already said is um, not focusing on sounding like anybody else or like sounding like a certain kind of standard in terms of having certain sound design aspects or whatever, but rather focusing on groove and like melody and like what's actually going on in the music instead of like, in the production because in the kind of sound that 
like a lot of people are making and I'm making myself, it's easy to get lost in like the aesthetics. Um, so I think it's easier to get like something unique and get like results if you're just focusing on the more on the composition aspect. Um, also, yeah, what else? Um, I guess um, not worrying about stylistic aspects as well and like how does like one idea fit together with another? Like that's some part of what I said with having like different aliases all the time. Mm -hmm. The reason I did that was I, I felt like, oh, now I've got like uh, five tracks of this and I'm making like a different sound now. So people won't necessarily associate these two with like each other. Um, but rather I think on, from my perspective now I can say that um, having different kind of aspects in your music throughout time, they will kind of like bond because if you do more than one track in a certain style and then do something else for a bit and then come back, it kind of like interconnects even though like, I think people are not, not really confused if you're doing different sounds under one name. So um, there's a lot of like distractions when growing up as a musician in these kind of like, for me at least in these kind of uh, realms. So uh I think, yeah, just focusing on what you want to make. I mean, everybody says that, I think, towards this question, but it's true. Like, focusing on something that's like a personal interest rather than um, a bigger picture is something that will get you somewhere quicker, I, I reckon. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are so focused on, you know, the destination and they don't realize, obviously, it's all about the journey, you know? Yeah, you won't get anywhere... And by shortcuts anyway so like yeah. rather just taking your time and i mean my time might be different than, than somebody else's like some people are super quick when it comes to evolving um other people take longer um, but yeah not um stressing out about um where you want to get um it just the time feels like it's passing quicker anyway like <laughs> if you're just doing your thing and then good things happen because of it um, over time, I mean, that's definitely um, easier than working towards a goal, like, super actively. I mean, I do that, of course, but, um, yeah, I think uh, developing, like, something that you really like and you like doing is, like, the most important, like, the groundwork. And I think if you do that for a few years, um, it's quite easy to jump off from that. All right. Yeah. So um, we've been kind of like spinning off into all types of shit. I completely forgot to like dive into your mix, bro. I'm so sorry. Sure, sure. No worries. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Let's go ahead and get into your mix a bit if you want to talk about it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it was really fun. Like, um, I mean, I've been playing shows with like all my music before. Um, but then, I mean, if you're feeling like one and a half hours, you kind of tend to have to play everything. <laughs> um, and this format that you taught me, like 15 to 30 minutes, was really cool because I could just collect the tracks that I'm feeling right now that I feel like work together. Yeah, I, I really wish I could have the like podcast to be like seven hours long, but no one <laughs> <would> listen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I, I like also, again, like the limitation is really good because um, this way I could just like really decide like what I want to show and uh, yeah also like yeah purposely added all the tracks that I did together with other people just to feature them as well of course because um, 
yeah, it's just a good way of getting things moving around. And um, yeah, it was really fun recording it. Um, so thanks for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, man, no problem. I really, I really enjoyed the mix. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun, kind of like listening to the evolution of the saturate sound too. You know, even like back in the days with like Con Rank and when Bleep Bloop and Jude Jones was still releasing on Saturate versus yeah. the artist that's releasing on them now. And it's just, it's amazing like listening to that evolution, but it's always like that same similar, you know, that hardcore bass that you just want to listen to. Yeah, it, it, I think it's just um, a similar interest. It's just, yeah. I mean, the sound can be really different. Like the different acts sound really like sometimes are really far apart from each other stylistically, but you can kind of have like, a, it's kind of like a family resemblance of some kind. Yeah. Because I think of the interest that goes into making it. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see where it, come, where it came from. Like the, I think the first time I heard stuff was, I don't know, might be wrong, but around 2011, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, with like the first, what was it? Joni, Joni was the sixth release or something. Joni from Hamburg and then Doshi. Yeah, Doshi. Like <laughs> yeah, I think Doshi was my first saturated track that I listened to. And then, uh, of course, G. Jones and Mad Zach and stuff. And yeah. um, got me interested in it, of course, because it was fresh sound by then. I mean, dubstep was kind of like going towards like the whole like really heavily produced like VST sounding um, brick walls. Um, yeah. It started to sound alike. I mean, I'm not criticizing the sound. Everybody like who, who I knew who was listening to dubstep was kind of like getting pissed off about it. Also because of like commercial sounding stuff. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I mean, it's heavy music. It's all right, but it's not as expiring, uh, expiring anymore because um, it started to sound alike, like different artists started to sound more similar to each other than it used yeah. to be. I think that's my the reason I kind of like lost interest at some point. And yeah. then, um, I don't know, yeah, at the same time, like first like club trap tracks emerged like around me, like 2011, 12. Um, and that was kind of interesting and new, but it wasn't that much around. Like you couldn't easily play like a lot of sets with it because just not enough tracks to keep it fresh. And then that sound, yeah, just like through a friend who released on one of the, I think, early compilations, got me onto the label, like, um, and it was fresh and it was good and really inspiring. So it's really cool to see um, how the sound emerged and then like becoming part of that. And like, yeah, it feels really humbling. <laughs> I, I bet, man. I can only imagine. Um, so... What what um, upcoming projects do you have going on? What um, where can the like future people see Drink at? Do you have any upcoming shows coming up? Any tour scheduled or anything like that? Yeah, I'm going on tour in a bit under a month in China for four shows. Um, nice. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Wouldn't have guessed that's going to happen, but yeah, it's a part of like this uh, EP release that I did with uh, my friend's label called Ran Rad. Um, and yeah, it's an EP that came out on 12 inch and she basically organized this tour with like her partner in China. She was living in Leipzig by the time that we started working on that release, which is like almost two years ago. It was a long time (laughs) project basically. And, um, yeah, now it's gone down and I can't wait to see what's up in China. (laughs) Um, yeah, um, that's one thing and I'm taking like the self-made modular 
synth with me. So it's going to be all like improvisational live stuff. Nice. Which I haven't done before. I mean, I practiced, of course, and I've made the system, so I kind of know what I'm doing. But um, of course, it won't be all straight bangers all the time. I mean, it's different kind of music. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah, interesting. That's for me, it's like a next step to make this live thing something which is equally um, refined than, like, I mean, maybe I'm like a bit, uh, maybe that sounds cocky, but that, uh, equally. Um, at least thought through than the stuff that I do in the studio. Like I want to feel as comfortable with that um, as my tracks. Um, and yeah, it's going to be evolving, I think. So that's an interesting next step. And then, yeah, there's new music coming out at some point, um, but there's no dates yet. Um, but hopefully soon, like in the next month, there will be like new tracks and the tour. Yeah. Nice, dude. Super excited to see what you uh, come up with. Um, so if you could recommend a couple of producers for Third Coast Base Radio, do you have anybody that you could possibly um, recommend for the show? Sure. Yeah, like definitely the people that I've been working with, like all this thing, like call-ups that I've released, like Skew from Hamburg. He's like a really cool dude. Or Frank from South Africa. Like he's <laughs> we had like such funny and like nice talks like online about like the process of making this track and around it we really became like online friends so he's like really cool dude to talk to and really good nice. producer uh then i mean he's not doing like the halftime sound but jonathan thomas for instance he's more like drum and bass usually but um it was a really fun process working with him as well and then interesting would be bios as well like the guy running saturate because i mean like you said the label aspect is also really important for the whole like sound how it developed and he's like a really good musician as well like he's doing different projects um so he would be really interesting um monica would be cool <laughs> uh, i've been talking to jake for a bit like he's also like a cool dude and then yeah a bit different sound like um my friends from saint petersburg called perforated cerebral party like i in the mix, there's the one remix I made for them. Uh, and they do like really different kind of bass music. It's like 80 BPM, 4-4 sounding drum and bass. It's super crazy Russian weird sound. <laughs> so that, I mean, might yeah. be a different kind of music, but it's also would be really interesting to talk to them because when I was in Russia, I played a show at their event. Um, I got to see that like it's an entirely different scene and thing going on. So that's crazy. Uh, and also, like, in a kind of different bass music sound, my friend Jacob from Leipzig, DJ Yum Yum is his name. He does, like, footworky, super tacky bass stuff. That could also be interesting. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, do my research and start sending out those emails, man, because... I would suggest you check them out, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, super excited, man. I can uh, get you touch. It's funny because, you know, Third Coast Bass Radio, it started as just a show for Texas local producers. And um, I ended up moving out to Colorado. And then eventually we got someone from uh, Canada and it just we got someone from Zimbabwe and it just it literally spread from there. And we're like we're completely international now. And like I just I love it. And I'm glad that like there's just this network of, you know, people who just want to showcase their art. And I'm glad that. I have a platform to be able to do that, you know? So I appreciate you coming on the show so much. 
Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Like, and like, I really dig the format, man. Like, it's good work that you're doing because you like giving people a way of looking into this. Because I mean, if you just see, or hear the music and see the results, it's a different story to like hear what people got to say. And I listened to like other episodes uh, of your podcast, and it was really interesting, really good. So yeah, great work, man. I like seriously appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, so if anyone wants to find you on social media or if they want to illegally download your SoundCloud tracks, where can they, uh, where can they do that at? Uh, yes, yeah, SoundCloud is just soundcloud.com slash drank, uh, simple as that. And I got everything else linked there pretty much for like illegal downloads. You should check uh, vk.com. It's the Russian Facebook. You can download all my <laughs> stuff uh, for sure. Um, um, otherwise, like, I think Twitter and Instagram is uh, DrankBase is the handle. Uh, and then Facebook is Drank1, I think. But who's using Facebook anymore, though? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, on my SoundCloud, everything's linked. So that should be like, it's just .com slash Drank. Nice, man. Well, yeah, we want to thank you so much for being on our show. Um, it, really you, means, it means a lot, man. Um, I know you've got a busy day ahead of you or, or time difference is completely off the wall. Um, <laughs> it so is, yeah. Let you get back to it, boss. Uh, if you want to say a couple last words to the listeners out there and we'll let you to it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. It was such a pleasure um, making this mix and really glad to be able to yeah show music and like do this thing. So shout out to everybody who's uh, into the sound and like trying to push boundaries. Um, yeah, thanks. Yo, so there you fucking guys have it, y'all. Third Coast Space Radio, Season 1, Episode 9. Be sure to follow the artists on their respective social medias and support the movement. This next episode is going to be something special. It's going to be our season finale, and me and Kid Luna are going to do our own all-original mixes, and we're going to talk about the future of Third Coast Space Radio. Thank you, guys. I hope you guys have a great holiday season. We'll be back next month. Blitz!